Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us everywhere on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere. Yeah, and maybe we'll just make like a mail newsletter. Like just we'll all send you letters because we know we have very good success with mail. Real mail. Real mail. And uh, we're back to contest around, so make sure you're brushed up on the criteria. Go read it. Yeah, that's that's a cool thing to do. All the cool kids are doing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dan, we are finally back in each other's presence for the first time in just about a month. Yeah, we're back in the saddle again. You're back, back in the New York groove, except we're in Jersey. Yeah, that's a good song too. It's not bad. It'd be better if it was about Jersey. Everything's better when it's about Jersey. Speaking of Jersey, mm-hmm. Jim Miller. Oh my God! Did you hear about him? What he's from New Jersey. What a fantastic performance! <laughs> there might be one of his best. He looked very good. Absolutely, he he was on fire. He handled the south. He doesn't fight many southpaws. He fought one like it was nothing. Cranked his face off. He did, and he was on his way to win. Clearly, easily winning that fight. Anyway, he was definitely yeah. He was, on my card, he was up twenty fifteen going into the fi- uh, third round. Uh, eight in the first, seven in the second. And yeah. on his way to another seven in the third. No, I think most people had it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in total total domination there. You know, I wonder how many times he's actually gotten a third round finish. Because he's, as we know, Jim is, is kind of the, uh, you know, blow the gas tank early kind of deal, you know? Can't help himself. He said that on the post fight. He said, ever since I've been four years old. And he goes, it probably hurt my development because I wanted to, you know, finish. As fast as possible, so he never really had a chance to, you know, experiment with things because he just wanted to get it done as fast as possible. So I just quick looked it up. This is Jim Miller's first third round finish in tw- in th- almost thirteen years. The last one. Do you have any idea who it might have been? The one that he won. Well, yeah. Or yeah. one that he was cheated. No, out no, of. no, no, no. He won. Oh, okay. Uh Shalarus was that thirteen Kamal years now? Shalarus. Yeah. Very good. I was there for that. Mike Constantino, the next day he was like, oh, he is so coachable. <laughs> I love it. I was I was uh I was there too. I was close to you though. Yeah, you were a lot better. You, you, you could see yeah. me in the screen. It's yeah. kind of fun. Flying knee to the face. Yeah. Um yeah, that that is uh that is the last time. And you know, you think, oh, you know, thirteen years, but that's like, well, that's just like a slice of his career because he's been fighting for ten thousand years. <laughs> um nineteen actually. Technically this will be the nineteenth or twentieth year. Um Obviously, Jim is the uh, the heart of the conversation in Dan's mind. But mm. before we even get into kind of the meat and potatoes of, there's not really that much we're really gonna be talking about off of uh, the Vegas Apex return to uh, UFC's schedule, first of 2024. Uh, there was uh, I caught wind of some interesting judging related stuff that happened uh, this past week. There was 10-8 training. I love it. In Nevada. Commission put it together as I understand it. They looked at some recent rounds. And, you know, this is the type of thing that judges will do, you know, very frequently. We know about the California calls. Uh, Media gets invited to those. They're very large. Uh, I've been able to attend a a couple of the EMMAA cards, or as I I like to call it, MA cards, uh, or not cards, calls as well, going over some rounds with the, uh, the judges over in the U.K., but this is uh this as I understand is a much more exclusive one. It is purely for like a handful, like a select number of judges that we'll talk about. This probably my assumption is judges who are uh, licensed in Nevada. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, don't know how many, but they went over three rounds, and I was given the rounds. They were uh, Song Gutierrez round five. Remember from uh, mm-hmm. just just last year, the end of last year. Again, all these were really at the end of last year. Tate, Very recent. Tate Avila round one, which Dan we almost put in our uh, wrongly scored episode. Yeah, that, I think that because ordered. that was a split. As a, I think there was one judge who was off on the. Uh, the eight nine, right? Someone someone gave that one a nine. That was Chris Lee, actually. I had yeah. That one, yeah. Um, and then the third one, and this surprised me actually when I when I caught one of this. Patty Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson round one, mm. which I mean we brought this up on the show when it happened. This was the, this was the final uh, event of twenty twenty three. The UFC, anyway. That was a unanimous ten nine. Yeah. And you and I both thought that was an eight. Yep. And it turns out. I you know don't have every detail on this, but my understanding is the, the more or less the consensus was that all three of these rounds ought to be scored an eight. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. It is. You know, I I went back and just kind of watched these before this episode just to kind of refresh myself. Right, it wasn't that long ago, but either way, we watch a lot of these rounds, right? Um, and you know, we had you and I had disagreed on Song Gutierrez round five. Mm-hmm. The judges were split on that one too. I had it as a nine. You had it as an eight. Uh, it was Sal D'Amato was the one who gave it an eight. The nine was the, the dominant score from judges uh, Janitro Camillo and Ron McCarthy. So, I mean, don't have every detail, but it seems the consensus was that, yes, this this was also meant to be a, an eight. What what put it over for an eight for me was Gutierrez, Gutierrez did nothing. Yeah. That's really where how I got how I crossed the threshold because mm-hmm. he did do good damage. And normally I would have wanted more if there was something coming back to him. But. Uh, Gutierrez just didn't have anything, so that's he didn't earn the nine. Is yeah, kind of what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I get that. You know, I think it seems though that in Nevada, what we're what they're really pushing is is the damage, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we've we're almost three years in now. This is you know, we, I, it almost feels silly to keep referencing Jan Izzy because at this point, it's basically just like, well, this is this is the way it's been for almost three full years, right? But in that time, you know. They've really pushed like, oh, we got to have the damage there, the big high damage. And look, Song is cracking them, but it's kind of just like, I don't want to say here and there, but he's kind of picking his moments to to throw those big elbows that are that are cracking Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a moment where he like really unloads. And I don't know that there's like a big moment where you're like, ooh, damage is getting big, but it's good damage. Like, I'm not sitting there saying like, oh, like I like that this is that judges are watching this and saying, oh, we, we like this as an eight. But I guess I just get confused. Why this one is the one that gets over as opposed to some other rounds. But, I mean, all three rounds we're talking about here, apparently the consensus was, yeah, that's an eight. So I like to see it. Yeah. Hopefully this type of call that they have just gets everybody, you know, resetting on the same page going into a new year. And maybe the maybe the eights and nines, they all get on the same page a little better when they're in Vegas. Hopefully. That would be nice because there's just so many UFC events in Vegas. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. And and especially Pimblet Ferguson. Nice to hear that, that uh, upon further review... They'd like to see that one be eights next time too. Yeah, because that that I thought was, I mean, Tate Ivala. That's of these three. This is the one that's like, well, this this really needs to be an eight. This this is supposed to be an eight. Yeah, I sort of get how you can not quite get there with Pimlet Ferguson. I still think it's very plain to see personally, but it's a pretty close round up until the very end, like the final minute ish, and then it becomes pretty. Yeah lopsided in that minute but i think you can win it you can get a uh, around going from yeah. a nine to an eight in that time with they're, what happened they're filming fast and the furious outside is that right yeah good good deal <laughs> that's why it's 
I wonder if that'll come across <laughs> on the audio. There, yeah, there was a motorcycle revving up, racing down the street here. Apparently, um, do you have anything to add about that? Like, I, you know, I'm, I don't have insane details yeah, about this, but know, it was just nice to, I to think, get the update. I, I think, yeah, good on them for you know actually getting together and trying to get their everyone's compass in order. You know what we're actually looking for, and with with back to the Tony fight, I thought the damage got really high in that final minute. Sure, which is I kind of think that would be innate. I mean, I can only assume that the three judges who were on that one, because that was in Nevada, Derek Cleary, Sadamato, Janitro Kamija, they, I would have to think they were on this call too. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if, if the majority score still ended up being an eight here, you know, maybe with further review, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, it's it's just nice to see. And, and you definitely want the high volume judges to be on the same page with these eights and nines. Because mm -hmm. then, it, then it can really start setting the tone for the fighters and the coaches mm -hmm. that can really understand, okay, we see this as an eight. You're scoring this as an eight. So next time we go out and we put out something similar to that, we want to see an eight. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they can provide that when earned and appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. No two rounds are alike, of course. But anyway, that that was that's all I really had about the the training session there. Why don't we shift back over to that Apex card from Saturday? Yep. Obviously, we got the lead with your guy, Jim Miller, and we can mm -hmm. circle back to him in a moment. But let's go over to the main event winner, the you know, the bigger the biggest fight of the evening in terms of uh, headlining, right? Magomed and Kalaev getting the win over Johnny Walker, finishing uh, what kind of ended distastefully last time with the illegal knee from on Kalaev, which realistically probably could give that a DQ if they mm -hmm. felt like it. But, but if it wasn't for the fact that the doctor, I mean, the doctor did stop it, but either yeah. way, they can actually give it a DQ there instead of a no contest. Um, it is what it is. They did a no contest. Here we are. We got the rematch. And, and Kalaev, after a close round, Goes out round two and just smashes the face in of John Walker. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, that was. Yeah, is a giant win for him. Where does he fit in the light heavyweight title picture now? Yeah, give him give him the shot now. Give him the shot. Yeah. When you say now, do you are you thinking like UFC three hundred? Yeah, that's when Pereira wants to fight, right? Yeah, so, I, I I would think so. I imagine they're gonna want him there. I mean, if he's not going up to get the third belt, then yeah. And it doesn't he's sound next. it doesn't sound like. Uh, Jamal Hill's going to be ready, so it's like you can't just keep holding it up just because that's the fight we want to make, right? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not rematching with Yuri. No, no, so, no. Well, Yuri is fighting um, Alexander Rakic. Okay. I believe also at 300. I thought Jan and Rakic, oh, they were supposed to be on the next this card coming up and Jan got hurt. Okay, so that makes sense. Something along those lines. But they yeah. had already fought, too, so. Yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, no, that that's what the new one is, uh, Prohaska and okay. Rakic. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it totally frees it up. I, I think there's no reason you couldn't, uh, not that you wouldn't do Prohaska anyway. That just wouldn't make sense. To, to yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it really, if if Jamal Hill is not ready, Ankalaev has to be it. But the question is, do they wait for Hill or do they just make the fight? Just make the fight. Stop waiting for things. I think so, too. Um, If they don't, then let's let's devil's avocado here. Okay. To, to quote uh, 30 Rock. Have you watched 30 Rock, by the way? Um, maybe like while I'm falling asleep. Oh, you should fix it's on that. the background. No, you should fix that. You should watch it more. Um, but anyway, the uh, if we're not going to have Uncle Iav being the next, right? Let's say Jamal Hill is able to be ready. Mm. What do you do with him? Does he wait or does he get another fight in? Then who against? Well, who's he gonna fight? That's gonna do anything for him because he's next regardless. Even if Jamal Hill goes first, sure, it's Uncle Iav next. Sure. I mean, um, Khalil Roundtree would love that opportunity. But Uncle I wouldn't take that. It'd be stupid of him to do. Well, here's let, I'm going to give you a hypothetical here. Let's mm -hmm. say Uncle I says I'm going to wait. Mm -hmm. Jamal Hill fights 
Alex Pereira. Mm -hmm. Jamal Hill wins. Let's say Prohaska wins his fight. Yeah, then you get impressive. Win. Then he might get skipped again. That's all. That well, I think then you put those two against each other. Which two? Prohaska and Angalaev. Okay. You think Pereira won't get an immediate rematch? I think he would. I don't necessarily think that. No, I do think he would. Yeah, agree to disagree. But yeah, I, obviously he's got to be right there. Um, it certainly makes a lot of sense, and I do feel like that's probably what really will happen is we're going to see Ankalaev against uh, Poetan. Mm -hmm. Back to Jim Miller. Yep. Got another question for you. Yep. Pretend for a second yep. that Islam Mahachev is just too scared to fight Jim Miller I would at be. UFC 300. Okay. I mean, it makes total sense, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. I understand that, Jim. Uh, mm -hmm. Danny, the, the question we have now is, of the fights that the UFC would be most likely to make, the logical opponents that the UFC sees for Jim Miller. Who should he fight at Just, UFC 300? Justin Gaethje. They're not going to make that. Oh, that's who he should fight. <sighs> It'd be a great fight. I worded my question so carefully. Um, <laughs> I mean, Michael Chandler would be a fantastic fight with Jim Miller. Honestly, I don't. Even, I don't hate uh -huh. that one at all. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that they would do that either because. Let's face it, Michael Chandler is basically just staking his whole entire remaining career on whenever he's ever potentially going to fight Conor McGregor. I mean, it could be Paul Felder. Yeah, I mean, that it probably will end up just being one of the guys he named, right? Paul Felder. or maybe, I like the Matt Brown idea. Uh, I'm not too big a fan of that. I'd rather the Brock Lesnar match. Well, Brock's scared. We know that. He doesn't like to get hit. I mean, if he, gets, he, he, if he mounts Felder and he just starts punching him, he's like, learn. The criteria. Every single shot he lands with. I don't think he's going to say solid. that. I don't think he's going to say that. But I'm going to think it. Oh, okay. That's fair. You can yeah. have that. Um, you don't like the Matt Brown thing? <sighs> I mean, I, hate, I don't want to go, go up to 170. I mean, I'll you, tell you why. You don't got to cut weight. He has said so often how much he would love to fight at 170 and not cut weight. I know. that uh, That's great for him. Matt Brown's still a big guy. Yeah. Who's still knocking dudes out. Why are you so worried? And about? I'm you not him to fight Brock. I'm not. He would kill Brock. Number one, fifty-fifty <laughs> is wrong from Anthony Smith. It's it's a hundred zero. Brock Lesnar has no chance against Jim Miller. So when, uh, are you, when are you hanging out with uh, with Lionheart Smith now? Are you guys like buddies now? He he's earning his way back in. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Couldn't tell you. Oh, I don't like the Matt Brown fight because Jim's not going to shoot on him. He's going to bang it out, and that's worrisome. It'll be fun, though. Yeah, it could be fun. But if he wins that, obviously it's a springboard to fighting Leon Edwards, right? Had you not if thought you about that? I didn't think about that. There you go. <laughs> At some point, he has to have a title shot. It would be no a shame matter if what he never division. got one. But, like, I, you know, obviously we, we could logically see he got, where, where He got snubbed so bad when he was on that run in a time when you didn't have to win that many in a row to get a title shot. You're not wrong. And the guy fought with Mono. He could have easily just pulled out of that fight. That's not how he does things. But that's not how he does things because he's Jim F. and Miller. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That is that. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't I don't hate the, the Matt Brown idea. I really don't. Um, I actually don't even love the the Paul Felder thing. I mean, it would be a fun fight. Like, I'm not I'm just saying it wouldn't be fun. But I don't know. This is a, this, there were so many they were opponents they could, get, they could give him. I also don't love that they just say, oh, let's put him against Gilbert Benitez or Gabriel Benitez. Excuse me. Um there's just so many matchups that make more sense from like a fun factor thing. Like why why we don't do stuff like that? Obviously, he looked really good here, so it was He's, a fun showcase. But. They on the pre on the after show they brought up you know a rematch with Chiesa. Um, Isn't Chiesa like semi-retired? And he's also Matt. He's like bigger than Matt Brown. Yeah, he's seventy now. Um, 
I think he's kind of retired Thomas, also, though. I think Dean Thomas said he wanted that fight because... Oh, no, Alan, one of them. I think Joe Band said he wanted that fight because it could be a good fight for Chiesa to get back in, in the right direction. <laughs> like, what, are we just handing people, you know, trying to get them going in the right way? Boy, that's a, that's a really crummy thing to say about yeah. Jim Miller. Like, what, is, what is that? <laughs> Go figure. Um, I don't know. There, there are a lot of... I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even really hate the idea of Gaethje. It's just they're not going to make it. And obviously, he would probably take a lot of damage. Because think about how much different Tony Ferguson is because, and I'm pretty sure it's at least a key role in it, what happened in the Gaethje fight. I know, but Because be... after that fight, he was not the same. No, but it was still, like, they're going to say, oh, you don't want Matt Brown, but you'll have him fight Gaethje? Well, yeah. I mean, Gaethje's worth the risk. I just told you. It's a springboard to a welterweight title I shot. guess. I don't think you understand. Anyway, I would get up for a Nate rematch versus Jim at 185. Yep. Okay. I would. I would be like, let's just get wild. Yeah. Of course you would. Maybe I, in boxing. No, no <laughs> we're not boxing. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 move on. I think we're our our Jim Miller silliness has moved uh, into silly ranges. Right. Let's get back over to the judging aspect of this. Yeah, we could do that. The unanimity report. Only 17 rounds, and for a while. We were working on a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Lost the perfect game in the uh, third to last fight. 15 out of 17 unanimous rounds overall, though. That's an 88.2% agreement rate. That is really good. Good start to the year. Mm-hmm. No 9-8 splits. We're just talking about winners. and I mean, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but I think we're basically just talking about a couple of close rounds. Yeah. Competitive rounds. Well, typically, that's yeah. what we do do. But, like, th- but these are... I mean, I, I feel like it just comes down to, like, one or two either way. But let's... I don't want to suck suck everything out of it, right? Let's let's talk about these two contested rounds. Starting with our main event, Magomed and Kalaev getting the win over Johnny Walker. Round two TKO by those crazy punches to the face. First round was split. What happened in it? Right off the bat, Ankalaev lands a right hand, and, and Walker grabs his face, looks away. Kind of strange reaction there, and you know. Then he gets really aggressive, channels his inner Savio Vega, throwing a spinning back heel kick. That's blocked, and you know he rushes Ankalaev. He's really pressuring him, but he really only lands two two strikes in this whole like sequence. Two really strong inside leg kicks. Thought they were really hard, really good. Throughout the round, he continues throwing the kicks. A head kick upstairs. It's blocked. Ankalaev is landing his own leg kicks, and he's getting some good reactions. Walker's uh, buckling a bit. Uh, there's a good punch towards closer to the second uh, end of the second half of the round that you know Johnny can't resist. But to react, telling the world that it landed and it was a good one. You know, oh, do you know what everyone shouldn't do when you get punched? Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of the round is light kicks. I think Ankalaev uh, had better impact based off the reactions I saw after the cup check, which was dead on. Oh, very dead on. That was balls accurate. That was a bullseye. <laughs> uh, and after- I, I liked his reaction too. It was like, <laughs> "What'd you do that for?" <laughs> This is, of course, you know, a few months after, again, he took an illegal knee to the yeah. head. Um, after they, re- they they come back, Walker lands, you know, a really good leg kick that did get a good reaction on Uncle Live, but I, I still think it's it's Uncle Live's round, 10-9. Yeah, I went the other way. I was I was kind of agonizing over who I was going to give this round to. Um, I felt very torn. I put my score up as Walker. Very close. I, you know, did a refresh on my uh, timeline on Twitter, and I was like, I saw everybody going out Live. I was like, oh, jeez. Did I, did I screw up or something? <laughs> and uh, and then you know obviously it came out after the after the fight ended that I ended up being in the majority mm. with the judges giving it to Walker. 
but very very close i mean it's it's super close i it really just comes down to maybe a strike or two and uh i did see it the same way as Derek cleary my 2023 judge of the year and chris lee mm-hmm. you had it the same as your 2023 judge of the yeah. year salamano um agree to disagree sure sometimes even the best can't can't agree that's true yeah and 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 even uh sal and Derek, they sometimes they can't agree because <laughs> we're the best get it you and i <laughs> anyway um <laughs> one more round this is the one that broke up the perfecto uh mario bautista got the win over ricky simone convincing win 230 27s and a 29 to 28 round one once again here uh what's going on this whole fight was really fun it was to begin again with phantom way is, is is a tremendous division yeah um, anyway, this round was the closest, most likely to be a split of this whole fight. Uh, both guys had their moments, bursts of good offense. Bautista landed some good leg kicks, some decent shots upstairs uh, to the head. Had a pretty good jumping knee that Simone ate, but I also think Simone got his guard up rather often to block a lot of these punches coming his way. I think Simone landed uh, some better leg kicks and thought he had some, you know, pretty good punches up to the head. Really thought it was very, very close. I was kind of torn, and then he lands a big left hand uh, as Bautista's kind of jumping in for something. He left his feet, got cracked in the face. It looked worse than I think it was. Yeah, fell to the mat, uh, gets back up right away. Um, I do think that did swing it in his favor for me. Uh, really good round, really close round. I think you can go either way, but I'm on Simone 10-9. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to the visual there is is really compelling, right? With that particular strike, but again, mm-hmm. I I think you you would even agree it's it's it was a good land, but maybe not quite as good as it kind of looked just because of him being essentially in the air, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought overall, Bautista was getting the better of a lot of these exchanges, and you know, especially with the knees, there was a lot of hard stuff being landed. So, mm. I, look, I was close to go the other way i think there there's a compelling argument to be made for both men and it's not one of those oh just one strike one way or the other it's it's almost like how much did you value kind of what they did as a maybe that's the same thing right but mm-hmm. i know what i'm trying to say i'm not saying it effectively because it's two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i i think i think bautista i feel good about bautista here mm-hmm. but you know not a, not a not disagreeing with you vehemently my friend well I scored it for Simone the same way as the out judge Derek Cleary, and I was the twenty twenty three my twenty twenty three. Yes, and I was like, "Come on, Derek! Mm-hmm. I'd rather be wrong and on an island by myself." <laughs> Was when we were going for a perfect game. That's true. Yeah, and he should know better. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> he just he should just know better. The nerve! Well, I saw it the same way as your twenty twenty three judge of the year, mm. Sal D'Amato. So we flopped there. Yeah, I stayed in the majority there. With my guy Chris Lee, each time you and Chris Lee, I was I was step. I was way on the Chris Lee train this week. You, I hope you guys give you it, were anti Chris Lee this week. What did he do to you? I hope you give it guys give a ten seven this year. I, Both of you. I hope that there's a billion fights that need ten sevens, and that I hope all of them will get their proper medical care thereafter. Okay, I was going to say <laughs> you're really sadistic of you, Scott. No, no, no. I I I, I just I want everyone to get proper medical care, but I, you know, I just want to just want to see the limits of our mm, sevens here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it could be like, maybe a, how about like a leg kick 10-7? Where that would be, like the guy's leg is just hanging off. <laughs> it's, just, it's just compartment syndrome. That's not a joke. That's that's terrible. I shouldn't say that, but. <laughs> uh, not funny. Womp womp. 
But, uh, you, you know, it's funny. We, we're talking about the same three judges on each of these fights, right? Mm-hmm. This card in particular, it seemed like it was a smaller and almost more select group of judges than we even typically get. There there wasn't, you know, the um, Jacob Montalvo's or Anthony Manis or um, Chris Flores or any of the kind of the outside judges that they've been bringing in for a while of late. No, no Chris Liebens, nobody. It was... All the the let's say high volume judges, you know, Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee, Derek Cleary, Ron McCarthy, uh, Eric Cologne, Mike Bell was back, back in it, back in the saddle. Like to see that. <laughs> um, Adelaide Bird was there as well. Uh, notably, no Tony Weeks, no Tony. I'm not very surprised given uh, all the stuff involving the boxing in the last basically ever since we recorded our episode mm-hmm. our last episode so yeah i don't think it has to do with the eights and and the nines i feel like it's just not related to that mm. yeah something else eric cologne did you mention him i did okay. i did mention eric cologne yeah um i believe that was i might have missed someone but i'm pretty sure no, that i was think everybody. I, I was going through you got everybody yeah that that's uh usually we don't have such a small group Especially of like all the high volume uh, men and women doing it, uh, but for whatever reason, that's what we had this time. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it could have been related to the travel too, because obviously the country was blanketed by some snowstorms that affected a bunch of playoff oh, games and things too. Still so. had eight, eight, eight judges. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, maybe that's all it was. But it feels like lately we've been getting more. I'd have to go back and count. Tan Dan was refereeing. Tan Dan, sure. Yeah, coming straight from Jersey. Four refs, eight. Eight judges. Mm-hmm. Solid crew, though. All right. Yeah. Solid crew. And obviously, the, the results came in. Everybody was uh, more or less on the same page. Yeah. Save for a couple rounds, it's even you, you and I couldn't agree on. Mm-hmm. One day, we should go back and see how often we agree. Um, It's not often that we disagree on two. True. Or on every round. We got to find out show. our dissent present. Because I wanted to go back for the, the next year's data show. I want to go back and like look at pairs. Okay. See how judges, we should how do that for do us, it. too. Okay. We got to do it. All right. I think that's only fair. Well, we're at zero percent right now. <laughs> That's true. We're over two. You are, we, I, are we only counting? I'm gonna task. Count, what's that? We only count contested rounds. Contested so. rounds. Yeah, yeah. But you're not doing that. Every other judge has is getting every round that they score. That's true. That's true. But not every judge is gonna be scoring as many rounds together as you and I will. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna task you with tracking that one. That's that's for you to do in the day of the show. All right. I'm gonna take that one off my plate because I got. Oh, this one's gonna take a lot. The pairs. It's gonna take a lot out of me. Yeah, you got the. I'll get me and you. You get the rest. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I think that's fair. Good. All right, but that is it for contested rounds. We only had two. Um, onto the finishes, of which there were seven, six by KO or TKO, mostly TKO. One submission victory, that being uh from the man Jim Miller. Face crank, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then three of the fights ended in the first round. Uh, which of those fights? And we all are very curious what you're gonna say. Was your favorite? <laughs> Uh, front runner for submission of the year, uh, Jim Miller with the face crank. It's literally the only candidate for submission of the year in the UFC this year. The front runner for submission of the year. <laughs> something has to, something will have to top that. Um, all right, hey, the man, enough. the man squeezed the guy's face and he tapped to pain. <laughs> you for f- fear of nothing else other than just, it was just painful. So on our little outline where we usually like mark down what our favorite finish is so the mm-hmm. other doesn't pick the same one. Mm-hmm. I I weighed two different things to do to mess with you before I ended up choosing one. Uh, I ended up putting down two other fights for you as options, as you know. 
but I also considered just taking it from you. Uh, it wouldn't have happened. I, I would just I would just delete it, it from your yeah. from your thing. No, that's fair. That's um, fair. <laughs> but the ones you the one you put on me, you put on Marcus uh, McGee getting a finish. I thought that was a good one. Over, I actually did. Yeah. Over um, Gaston Balanos. Yeah. And for the real, I thought Mark. I thought it was a tremendous stoppage from Mark Smith. Sure. I thought he was on the ball there. Honestly, you know, good so. good stoppages all around. The, yeah. My favorite finish was. Uh, had a lot to do with the fact that it was a good stoppage from Mark Goddard in the main event. Ankaliyev just, like I said, smashed Walker's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picture perfect stoppage. I think no, no one was arguing there. I think we gave proper due on the broadcast as well to Mark Goddard stopping the fight when he did. Mm-hmm. You just like to see a situation where, all right, this you know, not that you want to see him in trouble, but Walker was very much in trouble, and the fight. No one's wondering. Oh, was it too early? Was it too late? I think everyone universally watched that and said, you know what? Mark Goddard got it at the exact right time. Walker's not complaining. No one's complaining. We could just appreciate what Uncle I have did. It's a good thing he stopped because uh, Walker was, he was done. He was like, oh my God, my nose is He was, shattered. yeah. He didn't know what to he, do. So he's like, it, he was no longer, Mark Goddard he wasn't there, really yeah. defending in terms of the fight anymore. He was mm-hmm. pretty much just protecting his face mm-hmm. in, in a way that was like, all right, I, I, I'm kind of out of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when you want to see the stoppage come in, and I, I think Mark Goddard did it. Just a terrific job. No surprise there from my 2023 referee of the year. <laughs> nice. Just a dream team working out in Vegas on this one. Uh, but that's it. That's all we had from the first event. I mean, nice easing into the year, I think, from a judging standpoint. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously from a refereeing standpoint, shout out to the refs. They just did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, even got the soothing sound of uh, Chris Tognani. I forget which fight he was tr- trying to calm someone down. He's like, "It's okay, it's over." Oh, it was it was uh, Phil Haas. Oh, Phil okay. Haas got yeah. got knocked out. You you caught it uh, the audio of it. He was like, "It's okay, buddy. It's all right." He's yeah. got a very soothing voice. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I had the sound on too high. Oh, maybe not. Uh, during that portion. All right. Well, I mean, you know what Chris Tonioni sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. <laughs> Use your imagination. All right, but that is it. Now we got to look ahead to next week. We're back with uh, a pay per view main card. UFC 297 in Toronto. Going to be starting at, you know, normal time, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Also, a blessing that ESPN didn't decide to gouge us for more money this year. They kept the pay-per-view price the same. <laughs> Sidetrack real quick. Okay, sure. I don't know if you caught wind of how many people were complaining that the NFL put a wild card game on Peacock <laughs> this weekend. I am aware of I, that, yeah. I want to point out that if you guys were fight fans, you wouldn't be after week after one week. <laughs> How much money we spend to watch fights is, and I believe Ariel Hawani actually pointed this out as well. Ariel was talking about it. Yeah, it it's every month we there's an eighty dollar pay per view. Not to mention the however much money it is a month for ESPN Plus now it might be up to ten bucks at this point. And you're complaining about seven dollars on Peacock, which has some great programming. They got a lot of good stuff on that show. That seventy show is the only place you can watch it. You no, know, it's funny. I've actually been rewatch. I've been watching that seventy show reruns too, and I meant to tell you that. Because I know that's your show. It's a great show. Solid show. And the t- the new TED out is fantastic. <laughs> I was very much down on it because I didn't understand the premise of it. How much is NBC first. Universal paying you to plug the I don't know the Peacock Network? But the Office is on it, and that's universally loved. Like the, <laughs> I I have no affection for the Office. This is this is a weird stance people are making about an NFL game. Well, I would just point out that too that. Uh, you know, I, I being a fan of an out-of-region uh, team, I buy 
the uh, Sunday ticket so I can mm-hmm. keep up with my god-awful Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and I regretted doing all that. But I split it this year, so it saved me a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, if I was to pay for it myself, I believe the cost is $450, which if you split over 12 months is $37.50. When you split all of the 14 pay-per-views up from last year over 12 months, mm-hmm. it's like 93 or $95 a, uh, a month basically to be a UFC fan and that does not include your ESPN Plus subscription. Yeah, cuz there's there's what did you say the 13 or 14? There were 14 last uh, four, year. Oh, 14, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty They hard. couldn't even just do 12. It's like, no, we got to get a couple of months where we're going to charge you twice. And then they bang if you're you going to be a diehard fan. Hmm? Then they bang you 100 for fight fight pass if you want that. Oh yeah, that too. That is true. It is. Yeah, so yeah. Now, NFL fans are spoiled as heck. I will give you that. So, having said that, it's down. it's for literally one football game. So cancel it, but you're it's just it's, silly. It's a Precock is a solid streaming service. I use P- I, I have so, I have access to basically every streaming service except for Apple. Okay. Yeah, I don't care about. Well, it. you're an Android guy. That's I am so. an Android guy. That's exactly true. <laughs> yeah, Google Nation, I guess. <laughs> um, that is. But anyway, back to UFC 297. Let's 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 talk yeah. about fights here. Two title fights. I don't know how prestigious these title fights are in the minds of the fans. I mean, one of them is the 85 title, of course. Um, and Sean Strickland won it fair and square from the rightful lineal middleweight champion in Israel Adesanya. Going against Drickus Duplessis, who more or less was kind of supposed to be the guy who would have fought Adesanya last September. And then he wasn't ready. His foot wasn't ready. Strickland steps in. And now we've got this fight that's more or less built on the brawl that happened at the last pay-per-view. Yeah, WWE-style promo. Yeah. Um, do you, Are you interested in this fight? Do you like this fight? It, yeah, I do. Number one, it's middleweight, which doesn't always... Uh, it's not always the most entertaining of divisions. Yeah, this one has a story, though, so it's, kind of, it it's does. more interesting. Not only that, though. Drickus Duplessis, at the very least, is a finisher. Yep. He's only been to the cards once. And he's... Honestly, he's pretty entertaining. He typically is. I, li- I like it. Yeah. He's... If I have to pick someone, I think he's going to win. You th- you think Duplessis will win? I think Duplessis will okay. win. If I, I, I did pick. I did get the chance to speak to Drickus the other day. Okay. So you should check out my interview for that one. But um, yeah, he, he kind of took me through the whole uh, the development of the brawl and how it happened and, and all that kind of thing. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, get his mindset about everything. Yeah, I just think the way he beat Robert Whitaker was was really it was pretty impressive. Pretty Absolutely, impressive, so. super impressive. That no one no one does that to Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen we saw Adesanya do that. But, but Adesanya is, I mean, he's look, he is absolutely not even close to being the middleweight goat. He just isn't. Mm-hmm. But he's almost definitely the second most accomplished middleweight in mixed martial arts history. Yeah, I don't even know how I'd be able to fill a middleweight Mount Rushmore. All right, well, let's do it real quick. So it's those two. Uh, I think you could probably put Robert Whitaker in there. Yeah. Would you put Rich Franklin or Evan Tanner? I don't think... No, not Evan Tanner. I don't think I would put Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin's close, but I I, I don't think so. Dan I'm almost, Henderson? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm closer to putting in Henderson. I think I would actually yeah. put Henderson in. I don't care that he didn't win the UFC title. He was easily the number best, mm-hmm. n- number two middleweight for many years. Won it in pride. Well, technically, it was the welterweight belt. You know, it's just they had different names for it, right? It was essentially the eighty-three to eighty-five pound title. So that was that was him. I mean, you guys can't put Eblen there yet. No, not even close. Yeah, no. I'm just, I, I'm not saying he'll never get there, but he's not there. Not there yet. It, I mean, I don't know how you'd feel about this, but you got to at least consider Gegard. Yeah, I'm not saying he'd yeah. be there. I, I, I couldn't put him in over. Dan Henderson, because I think the body of work at a higher level, I think, was more impressive from Henderson. Mm. 
Yeah, 185 is kind of hard. It is hard. But, uh, I mean, it's all subjective, of course. The other title fight, Raquel Pennington against Myra Bueno Silva to fill the vacant bantamweight title after Amanda Nunes walked off into the sunset. I thought this division was going away. I guess you thought thirty five was going away. Yeah, really. I, I did. I thought forty five and thirty five were just done. No, I never. I don't think anyone was talking uh, about getting rid of thirty five. Uh, maybe was, yeah. I think you just made that up. I think I did. Yeah, but no, I really. I honestly, thought it is I a much like, smaller oh. division than I think people realize. Though there's just not that many women in it. Yeah, I, like in a perfect world, you just go one hundred five, one fifteen, one twenty five, and then I guess one thirty. And then one thirty five plus. That'd be like the heavyweight. Yeah, so just like, just make it make it's, it's like the old Pride heavyweight division because heavyweight and Pride was literally okay. You're over two hundred five, so you're heavyweight. Yeah, we should do. That's that. why we had Zuluzinho and and Hongmen Choi and all those guys. Yeah, one thirty five plus. Mm-hmm. That's the weight class. Okay. Well, that's not what it's going to be. We got a 35 here, so it's these two women. They're going to decide they got to make the under 35 pound weight, Mm -hmm. or they don't get to fight for the title. I I do like uh, I I do like this fight. Is is in terms of I think Bueno Silva should be in the fight, Mm -hmm. and Pennington has a large body of work. Mm -hmm. But I do look at this situation and I say we really left out Juliana Pena. (laughs) We really did that. Like, why are we doing it? It's like when they left out Cyborg from the, maybe to a much lesser degree, I suppose, but um, when they left out Cyborg from the initial featherweight title fight in the UFC, it was like, what were you doing? Did she upset somebody? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But I'm in, I'm intrigued. I want to see. I've had my, uh, my eye on Buenos Silva the last few fights. She's looked very good. I think her it was her last win over... Holly Holm did get overturned. There was a, a positive test for, like, I think it was, like, ADD medication. Um, blah, blah, I, blah. I think it was one of those deals where she didn't fill out the paperwork like she was supposed to, which, hey, fill out the paperwork like you're supposed to. But also, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone looked at that. Yeah, I don't think anybody looked at that fight and said, or looked at the situation and says, well, obviously, she was doping, so she doesn't deserve that win. I think we can be logical about this. Good win. Probably didn't win because she, you know, was trying to focus that day. That's a win. Yeah. Or I think I think she even did discontinue the medication. I think she just didn't do everything right and it's still in her system or something like that. You know so. what though? The one when I do agree with that was overturned. Which one? Was uh I want to get the name right. Okay. So I'm just quick googling it right Sure. Quick. Do your thing. We can uh, we can stall for time. I can sing the Star Spangled Banner or something like that. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Pat Healy's win over Jim Miller oh, yes. for Here marijuana. Yes. I mean, come on. What are you doing smoking marijuana <laughs> in a fight camp? I know. You the nerve of him. Deserved, deservedly to be overturned. I mean, for goodness sake, there's no way you would catch like a like a Nate Diaz doing that. Never. Or a Nick Diaz. Not the same kind of Certainly weed. not. Not the performance enhancing type. <laughs> As we know, Nick Diaz and marijuana have absolutely no history of negative drug interactions when mm-hmm. involved with commissions. It's never happened. <laughs> Um, this is, like I said, it's in Toronto. We're going to have, uh, being in Ontario, the commission up there, they'll bring in, you know, historically a couple of the top traveling judges from this side of the, the, uh, the border. They've also got some, some judges up there that they utilize and by all accounts, it seems like they have a pretty solid local set that they use, uh, up there as well. I don't know if it's going to be the same ones. It's been several years since the UFC has been to Ontario, so I'm not really sure how many of them are all still working up there? Where but. is Ontario one of the Western 
No. Canadian. Uh, no, uh, Ontario's. Ontario's. What? No. Oh, no, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, we're not talking about Edmonton and Winnipeg here. Okay. Those are those are like their own like city commissions. Ontario uh, is a province. Okay. And it's the one that's right here on the east coast. Okay. Where Toronto is. All right. Yeah. It's like close by. Yeah, I don't know my Canadian geography. It's easy to get there. You've been to Buffalo? I've been to Buffalo. Go 15 minutes north and you're in Canada and you're in Ontario. I know. You know what? When I was in Buffalo, I was looking because the Blue Jays were in the playoffs. I was like, I might go to a Blue Jay playoff game. And then I realized it's two and a half hours to Toronto. Which isn't that bad. And actually, I think it's farther. Yeah, it's... No. Okay, fair enough. I thought it was like 10 minutes. No, that's very inaccurate. Well, you should get a map. That's what I have ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you, I was going to say, I'm going to point you to a website, mapquest.com. Does that it's very exist useful. still? I think it does. Wild. I guess, I guess some, you know, boomers need to print their directions. You know, funny enough, before, like, you know, we had smartphones that everyone was using and, and everyone had, like, the, the GPS in their phone all the time. When I met my wife, now my wife anyway, she, uh, we need, I gave her my address and she had to print out directions and brought them <laughs> with her. And like, she ended up not in the, in the exact right place at one point. And we were mm-hmm. like, what's going on? It was like one of those hard things that like just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Unless you're in like the boonies, right? Different parts of the country, of course, have different levels of service. We in New York, New Jersey area, we have uh, a, a high concentration of service typically. Mm. But uh, other fights on this card that we want to see, I'm looking forward to, especially Arnold Allen and uh, Mosar Evloev. Can be a good one. I like that one. 145. That's a big fight there. <coughs> uh, Charles Jordan, Charles Jordan, and Sean Woodson. That'll be a fun striking affair, I think. Yep. I like I like anytime Sean Woodson's in there uh, with someone who wants to strike with him. You highlighted this one. Neil Magny and Mike Malat. Mike Malat, ten fights, ten finishes. I like Mike Malott. Well, 10 wins, 10 finishes. He's got a loss and a, a draw. I'm not sure what kind of fight we can expect with Neil Magny. Neil Magny's been kind of a mixed bag lately. You we'll know, see. He, he's not always looked great. And then there was the fight he won last year against Phil Rowe, which was like one of the most boring fights of the year. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was a bad fight. That was a really bad fight. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I was almost going to put that fight because of Malott. And then I was like, gee, I don't know. Magny hasn't looked great. The thing is, uh, it, the only time he's been to decision, it was a draw. Mm-hmm. And that was at 145 years ago. Sure. So, I mean, I think maybe see what he can do. to You know, this is definitely a step up. And he's going to be fighting in front of his fellow Canadians. He is. Proper like. Uh, I also have a contested round candidate. And usually I don't go for this yeah. weight class, but I went with. I hope you're wrong. The middleweight division, Chris Curtis and Mark andre Barrio. Yep. I hope you're wrong on that one. I mean, I hope I'm always wrong. Yeah, but uh, you just don't need the Eric Nixick, you know, oh. bagging on the judges after a Chris Curtis split decision. Or loss. Well, what if it's a split decision win? Oh, well, probably wonder why it wasn't unanimous. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey! All right, we're back again to break down UFC 297 uh, on Monday next week. Uh, let's go for perfect, guys. Definitely perfection. It's got to be perfection. But since it won't be perfection, just do your best out there. That's what I tell my kids. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone.